The Past Podcast is sponsored by SousVTools.com, the home of all your sous vide and modernist cooking equipment for both professional chef as well as all you budding home cooks. Visit SousVTools.com and enter The Pass. And I'm just going to clarify that's all one word and it's all in capitals. So enter The Pass at checkout and you'll receive an exclusive discount for all The Pass Podcast listeners. That's nice, isn't it? You're quite a quite a busy busy boy, aren't you? Really? Yeah. You do quite. You don't yeah. really stop, do you? No. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. No, definitely not. There's never a dull day. Put it what, that way. Where does that come from? Do you think? Uh, I've always had it. Ever since I was young, you know, from the age of being born, I think it was there. Sorry. So um, yeah, my mother has always said that I've always been this sort of very um, you know sort of striver in everything I do apart from schoolwork, obviously <laughs> um, but everything else you know I kind of pushed to the max as he thinks because I was you know because I was a twin and because I was um, when I was born I was uh, had a 50-50 chance of living so she said I always had to prove myself and always fight and, for myself and, and she says that's probably why you are where you are do you think thinking about that there's any other career that you could have really done um if i think in terms of the ability and i yeah for me everything is all about um what you can really relate to in terms of i think you know your own you know your own goals in terms of what you want to do and i think for me um everything is uh just take that that's fine everything everything you know Everything is achievable. I think, you know, if you want to be a man on the moon, if you want to, you know, you can do whatever, travel the world, you can do it. It's just a question of, you know, setting yourself targets and to be able to achieve that. And I think if you have a strong will and you have a strong mind, then, you know, I think you can do everything you want. And it's just those that, you know, don't have the belief in themselves, you know, don't get anywhere. Um, and I'm, you know, that's a little bit brutal, but it's just, I think that's this fact. And I... You know, ever, ever since that I knew that I wanted to be a chef, I kind of, you know, set myself the targets and the goals and what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go and, and things like that. And, you know, I've just kind of got on with it and done it. Um, sometimes through sheer stubbornness and, you know, determination <laughs> and whatever else, but, you know, you get there eventually. Um, and it's like, you know, it's funny as well, because I'm kind of like that and, you know, that's why coming on to what else would I be? I, I'm kind of in that, in, in, you know, in, in my health, attitude and sport and, you know, I push it. And, you know, I find that, you know, when people say to me, oh, I don't have time to go to the gym or, you know, whatever, I'm just like, okay, really? <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, or have time to, you know, look after themselves properly or, you know, it all goes hand in hand, you know, I think in terms of you as a person, you know, whether you have that approach or that attitude, um, and yeah, as I said, for me to, you know, what I've seen kind of is replicated in, in, uh, in people that achieve is, is sports people, you know, because they are, you know, 120% focused, you know, on ability of themselves and getting to a goal uh, of achieving something that is great, you know, in, in themselves, you know, pushing the boundaries of, of everything through through strength, through determination, from, you know, the size of the, their heart to the goal that they want to be the best in the world. And, you know, though athletes 
are like chefs very much because the focus and attention to detail, you know, on the training as opposed to what we do in the kitchens is very similar because it's it's the amount of pressure, you know, that they go under and that what they put themselves through is is astronomical. Because I, the reason I know is because I, I was on the um, committee for um, ambassadors for helping to raise uh, money for the British team, and I got to see um, athletes and. And talk to them, and it's just you know, it's mind blowing, mind blowing. You know, you have some poor you know guy who's you know tossing a javelin, <laughs> and he's been training you know for like you know seven eight years for this moment to try and get you know a space on the team, and you know his shot at this is a runway of you know twenty seconds, and that's it. And he throws it, and the rest is out of his fucking hands, you know, and like that amount of pressure. Is you know when he's been training for that for seven years is is insane. Um, so I respect you know people like that who you know who have the vision and the foresight to put themselves under that amount of pressure and deal with it and then hopefully you know come out of it as well. So my guest today is the incredible Tom Aikens. Thank you so much for meeting with me today. Mm-hmm. What I've asked you to do today is come up with a, a menu. Sort yeah. of of your favourite dishes, yeah. and I wondered how easy you found putting this together. Very easy. <laughs> uh, basically, with you know, with food, it's. Um, I think many people get get kind of confused with chefs because you know what in terms of what they do day in and day out, it's really not what they want to eat. Um, and even you know when you're sometimes surrounded by food all the time, it does to a degree put you off your appetite. Definitely does. Um, you know because you kind of you got the smell, you got you know you're tasting all the time and. It is sometimes hard to actually, you know, have a proper meal sometimes and sit down. But I, you know, I do that out of you know because I need to, uh, as well as the enjoyment. But yeah, I mean, in terms of all these dishes, they're kind of you know very. I kind of do because they're simplistic, um, and some of them aren't. There's probably one that isn't. <laughs> um, but what I do is I, I, you know, I look at it on the technical side of, of cooking. Um, it may be a simplistic um, uh, dish, but then kind of the other side of it is. There's a sort of technical side of, of something that is simple that I kind of, you know, take it probably a little bit too far. Will you talk me through the, the first dish then that you've put on your menu? Yeah, so the first one is um, it's basically a uh, slow-cooked shoulder of lamb, um, and that was out of my first book, uh, Tom Aikens. And um, the reason I put that in there, because it's a very nice, yeah, it's a very nice dish, but it's a, it's a family-sharing dish, um, and one that is um, simple in the fact that you can just chuck everything in the pot um, kind of, you know, in sort of stages, but it's all about one pot cooking. All the flavours concentrated um, in this pot, and after seven, eight hours of, you know, cooking slowly, you've got an amazing, you know, chunk of of meat, um, and that shoulder of lamb, you know, is, is a very sort of accessible cut. It's not expensive. Um, and the reason I put it in the balsamic vinegar is so it cuts through the sort of, you know, the fattiness of the lamb. And thus, cooking it slowly, you kind of get rid of all, you know, all the fatty parts of the lamb because it's cooked slowly, and all the juices and the fat melts and renders down, and then you know that's pasted back over the lamb. So it's it's pretty good. Lamb's one of my favourite meats, actually. Mm. So it's nice. Uh, it was nice to see this on the, on your first dish on your mm. menu. Good. I was reading through your website, obviously ahead of today, yeah. and I was reading. I really like the sort of story page about mm. about yourself. And one of the things that struck me from sort of very early on in your career is that you kind of took quite a bit of a risk, didn't you, really, in that I was reading that you sort of basically emailed restaurants and said, look, I'll work for free, and mm. if I'm any good, yeah. you'll take me on. Mm. Do you still find yourself sort of taking risks today now that you're an established chef? 
Uh, I mean, yes, there's always, you know, there's there's risks in everything you do, you know, making decisions, you know, do you turn left, do you turn right? You know, it's a risk, you might get hit by a bus, who knows? But, I mean, you know, there there are, uh, there's always risks to everything, you know. I think it's just the choices that you, you know, that you, that you take and you, that you lead by. Um, and I guess that depends on the will and the character of each person. Um, you know, some people take more risks. It's like, um, you know, I've... I would say, you know, working in a restaurant is risky as it is, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a difficult business, it's not easy, you know, there's so many um, sort of anonymities that are out of your hands that you sometimes can't control, you know, for instance, if it starts pissing down the rain, we know we're not going to do any customs for lunch, so, you know, um, you know, there, there are things in restaurants that are, you know, as I said, that make it very risky to, you know, to work, but on the other side of it, you know, it's an amazing, um, it's amazing uh, job to be in, and you know, it's very satisfying on, on lots of, you know, on lots of um, on lots of levels. Um, so I'd say, you know, the risk side of it is uh, is always there. You know, and I kind of just plow through it. You're the, you're the first guest that I've interviewed that um, not only has a few restaurants in the UK, but you've also started to branch mm. abroad. What was the sort of you know, decision-making process behind going abroad? Uh, basically, yeah, working abroad is something that I always wanted to do. And obviously, yes, there's kind of, I guess, other opportunities that uh, that come by. And that only comes with um, definitely sort of having a success and um, and the likes of, you know, trying to open up restaurants in, in you know, in London, let alone any other country, is, is, is difficult. It's not easy. There's a certain amount of, you know, time that you have to put in, which is... Um, definitely you know quite a bit of pain as well because you have to deal with is there a language barrier is there ingredients you can't get you know hold of the staff communication is not always great um you know people let you down that's for sure um so you're you're kind of in the position sometimes of being really stretched and you know and it being you know tough on you and the team and you know so it's hard it's not easy um but you know again it's kind of a great as i said it's a great you know way to to learn and to educate yourself, um, you know, into other parts of you know of the world, but then also you know their own um, uh, philosophies on you know on cooking and, and everything else as well, which also is you know is, is even for me you know interesting because as a chef you're always you know you're always learning as well, so it's a plus. I wondered if there was something around having like a you have to have like a firmer identity if you see what I mean mm-hmm. because you kind of have to go to a whole different culture and say this is the food that I'm going to do. Yeah, I mean, um, I think there's two, you know, there's two sides of it. You know, you you kind of definitely have to, you know, do your homework and and really submerse yourself in, I guess, in into, um, you know, into the different, you know, sort of, I guess, cultures and and uh, and population. You know, the, the country that you're in, the demographics of it, um, you know, the food scene, and really understand, you know, what is it that they like. Um, where do they go and eat, you know, kind of what price point they want to pay, what are the most popular restaurants. So there's all these boxes that you definitely have to look at and uh, the reason why a restaurant works and the reason why a restaurant doesn't work. And and if you don't kind of, you know, study that, then, you know, you're likely to fall flat on your face. So I do always, you know, definitely look at what's around and what is there and what is existing and what is working and what the prices are and who's going and who isn't and all these things, you know, just to make sure that when you're going in, you're not kind of, you know, blindfolded as to, you know, something. So the next dish on your on your menu got me a bit 
salivating it it mm. sounds great why have you put this one on the menu and what is it so it's yeah it's uh so it's a braised um pig's head with a sort of braised root veg um and ginger with a sort of nice buttery mash so basically this dish you know it's been um i guess cooked several ways throughout different parts of my career with different chefs and i've done my own version of it so you know pierre kaufman cooked something like that and then also richard neat where i was at pierre terre and then also Joel Robichon in Paris. So there are very many chefs that have, you know, have done something with, you know, with pork and pig's head and things. And I've kind of done my own, you know, version of it. Um, and it's, it's kind of a meat that, you know, people would obviously get put off by just by looking at, you know, a dead pig's head. You know, it's pretty <laughs> ugly, pretty gruesome. But saying that once it's actually cooked and braised, you know, and you pick out the meat and you have, um, you know, kind of the amazing um, tenderness and sweetness that goes with, you know, with pork, um, and particularly in you know in the head, um, you know it's 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 juicy, it's sweet, it's tender, um, melt in the mouth. You know it's kind of one of those um, you know tasty treats that you know you, if you close your eyes you probably wouldn't think that it is pig's head, but you know afraid it is uh, <laughs> kind of moments. And um, you know it's just a simple dish. In effect, you have all that nice braised you know pork meat. Um, and then it's just done with you know different root vegetables, so parsnip and celeriac and carrot and swede. Um, we can either have it as you know as a mash or roasted, or or just I sometimes just do a plain bowl with you know a little bit of butter. Um, and then the spices, you know, I cook in with the pork is lots of aromatic spices, so anything from cinnamon and cardamom and ginger and coriander and star anise and juniper and black pepper and coriander seeds and. Uh, and then you know lots of other um, spices powdered as well uh, lots of roast veg and tomatoes and herbs so parsley and thyme and bay leaf coriander um, tarragon and all that's roasted off uh, and then a stock added and then it's slowly cooked and there we go and it's pretty damn tasty a lot of your successes came to you when you were sort of quite young mm. and I wondered if uh, you know, at that time that it came, if you were quite able to process it or if it's sort of only now that you realise what an achievement it was? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always... Um, I'm always looking at kind of, I guess, um, you know, the... Uh, a sort of... The scale of what I did, um, you know, was, was quite crazy at that time, you know, considering... It was 96, um, and, you know, restaurants weren't really kind of, you know, where they are uh, today, that's for sure, by any means. But it was, you know, also there were a lot less restaurants around, and um, and I didn't have, um, obviously, a, you know, a real sort of name for myself, and I hadn't kind of, you know, stamped that sort of, you know, anywhere at that time, and I was a newbie, and, you know, but I, what I had going for me was, you know, obviously, you know, being very young and dogged and determined and couldn't really give, you know, a flying two monkeys about everyone or anything else. And so I just went at it, hammers and tongs, you know. And, you know, I think at that age, you, you know, you kind of have this invincibility, sorry, about you that, you know, whatever is thrown at you, you'll just, you know, deal with it. It's kind of like you put this cloak on and, like, you know, you can batten down everything and just carry on. And that's how I was. I kind of, you know, just whatever hours I was working, you know, 20 hours a day, 21 hours a day, sleep three hours and get back up, go to the market, 
wasn't a problem. I just get on with it. Um, and I think you know the the way that I, you know, I just had this you know monumental um, feeling in me that I had to succeed in in what I was doing, and the, the belief that I had in me, you know, was huge. And that is what really pulls you through um, is that doggedness and belief, and and also you know the fact that you know the people that are working with you again it's it's also hard for them because they at that point are working for someone that, that you know that they don't know that you know is kind of unknown and for them it's like mm, this guy is a little bit crazy but you know looks good what we're doing um and so yeah so you know it's also about i think a level of of passion as well that i had was you know was obviously huge and you know i i definitely and still do very much you know lead you know, from the front and everything that I do, and that's the way that I keep it. You know, because people who, you know, who aspire to being someone and doing something with their lives, you know, they look at other people, you know, kind of to see, you know, who and what is 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 is, is successful and what they're doing. And I think, you know, it's I'm always about you know helping you know people as well if they want to you know succeed and get on the rung of a ladder and helping them up and you know I'm always there for people as well I suppose it's almost like a kind of evolution of you as a chef because something that I sort of thought of earlier today was that some of the names that you mentioned that you worked with earlier the minute that chef would have walked in the kitchen you'd have, you'd have upped your back you'd have starched your mm. chef whites and, and, and now when you walk into the kitchen I imagine that a little bit they get paranoid they do. are you kind of comfortable with that Mm-hmm. I think it's funny because when I do, whenever I do Great British Menu, they're all like shitting themselves. <laughs> you are, you are one of uh, one of my favourite judges on that. You know, pussycat, like, come on. <laughs> I mean, need, but you have this when you're on there. You have this really sort of stern look in your eyes. And yeah, I do. I, I never just, really know what you're. It's just to unnerve them. <laughs> you know, but you've been judged on shows like that and things like mm. that as well. So, do you find that? Do, do you see what I mean? Because you can kind of relate. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, you kind of can... The thing is, you know, with all these things, it's, it's um, you know, people always have, you know, the the uh, the opinion of, of you, um, you know, because I think as a race, we're, you know, we're very judgmental. We all have our opinions. Sometimes we keep them to ourselves and sometimes we don't. Um, but, you know, whenever we... You know, whenever we meet someone or for the first time, as with you, with me today, you're kind of like, okay, well, he's going to be, is he going to be like this? Is he going to, he's going to definitely be like that. And, <laughs> and most of the time, you know, in my career, I've had that where people have like, God, he fucking, you know, he's an arse or whatever. And, you know, he's this, he's that. And so, you know, people are sometimes then surprised at how I'm not and what they thought that I was going to be, you know. So it's that side of it doesn't, you know, sometimes annoy me where people just have this kind of, you know, ingrained picture of, of, of what I am and you know when they don't even know me and that kind of you know does piss me off occasionally but you know not anymore as much as it used to um, but um, yeah I think you know the I guess it's it's the kind of aura that people have around them um, you know because I think as we all know you know when a person comes into the room whoever they are uh, some people have it and some people don't, you know, and it's just, it's just the way that, you know, people hold themselves, um, you know, they got their head up, are they looking you in the eye, you know, they, you know, shoulders back, blah, 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 blah. These are telltale signs of someone who's confident and, 
Whereas someone who's, you know, head down, shoulders are punched forward, you know, not really eye contact. I'm quite self-conscious now. I should, uh, I should try and... But it's true, they all work, um, you know, and... Um, but I guess it comes, you know, definitely comes in the territory and also, you know, the amount of storytelling as well that goes on. Oh, God, did you hear Aikens and this? Did you say that? Oh, my God. And then, you know, it goes on, Chinese whispers. By the time it actually reaches... You know, the 15th person is completely exaggerated, you know, so it's, you know, kind of well, fun. If it helps, I'll, I'll only be saying lovely things mm. about you after this. <laughs> I've, uh, this is, honestly, like I said to you before, it's, it's a little bit surreal being sat opposite, uh, sat opposite yourself at the minute. I'm still kind of taking it in and we're probably half an hour into the interview. Let's, um, let's talk about your, your third dish on, on your menu that you've yeah, so this is just a very simple dish. Uh, so it's um, scallops cooked in their shells, which is, you know, I mean, I kind of do it, um, you know, in the summertime making this dish, and it's just very simple of using the shell as a cooking medium. So on a barbecue, on an open fire, stick them in, a bit of butter, salt and pepper, lemon juice, lemon zest, some garlic, some thyme, and then you just cook them, you know, in the shell, three minutes, and they're done, and you then get all the all the lovely juices in there and you know for me it's like a you know perfect dish because you you know it's simplistic it's easy you don't need any uh you know cooking utensils really and you know all the flavor is contained you know within the shell one of the things that i quite like to ask my guests that have mm. had longer careers and and have maybe multiple restaurants mm. is if there's something that runs through all of your food whether it's like an idea or a philosophy or a, a way that that food will be presented, if you see what I'm saying. And, and I wondered uh, how, what your take on that was. Sorry, just say that again. I was miles away. Sorry. That's fine. I was. What I'm wondering is, uh, you know, throughout your career, throughout all the different restaurants that you have now, if there's like an idea or philosophy that runs behind all of the food. Um, well, you know, with with everything, it has to, you know, um, come from definitely, obviously, from me. But I mean, the fact of you know, be it. Um, any of the concepts that I've done, it, has, it really has to resonate from what I believe in. Um, and the fact is that, you know, if I don't obviously, A, believe in it, then it's not going to be a success. So everything that I do, I definitely put, you know, kind of my heart and soul and, and sort of stamp on it, um, you know, to make sure that everyone else believes in it as well. Um, and I think, you know, the the way that, you know, a restaurant is conceived anyway is... You know, it's it's these days. It's you know, it's it's about everything. You know, from you know, the, obviously yes, the food, but you know, really obviously about you know the service and and really the the energy that you feel in a restaurant. Because for me as well, you know, you can you can walk into a restaurant and you know instantly is it going to work, isn't it? I mean, I obviously do because I've been you know doing this for God knows how many years. <laughs> but it is you know, it's one of those things that can be quite you know amazing to feel the energy and the vibrancy and and particularly you know when a new restaurant is opening because you've got you know the excitement there everyone's on tender hooks everyone's like you know working long hours and you can feel the adrenaline and you know you can feel the stress and the pressure and and that's you know as i said there was the excitement about it a restaurant you know in that is that once you have you know a great team behind you and the belief that everyone has that it's going to succeed um, and the passion um, that you feel from, you know, from not obviously just the person that's leading it, but from the team, which is generally what, why they're all there anyway, is, is is an unbelievable feeling. You know, it's it's kind of like a, you know, a family where 
you know, they're all pulling together and they want to make a success of it and no one wants to see it, you know, fail or get a bad review or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing when you get, you know, that feeling and you get, you know, a solid team. It's great. Do you still feel the need to prove yourself, so to speak? Oh, yes. God, yeah. I mean, you know, I... <laughs> but you've achieved so much. No, I mean, there, there, yeah, well, there is. But, I mean, you know, you, you, you still... I guess, you know, the person that I am, I could not just say, OK, you know, I'm done. <laughs> you know, it's just not me. I mean, you know, as I said, it's in everything that I do. I'm kind of driven and focused and, and I just, you know, I won't stop until, you know, I'm kind of satisfied. Have you ever found yourself switching off and relaxing and not thinking about food or the next project? And never, the next? never, never, <laughs> no. It's not going to happen either. <laughs> no, because it's like, you know, whenever I, I'm sitting down, I'll have my computer with me and I'll be working. And, you know, so, um, you know, there there is very little time where I'm actually, apart from, you know, when I'm with my kids and enjoying their company. Um, and they actually definitely help, you know, take the bite out of everything else that I'm thinking about in my head, you know, when I'm with them, which is which is which is lovely, um, because that does kind of really sort of de-stress you, but can also stress you out as well with kids. But um, but they definitely do take your take your uh, eye off, you know, things that are painful sometimes. There's so much uh, heartiness in your menu. There's so much things that when when this came through, I immediately thought, do you know what? I'll eat I'll eat that um, and probably none more so than than your next dish because i was just i was ready i was kind of hoping it would come out of my emails and mm. and onto my plate would you talk me through it so yeah so it's uh basically you know has to be around a kilo piece of beef you know on the bone cooked on a barbecue and again i always you know do that in the summer and i make you know i go the whole hog of doing triple cooked chips and bernays and i don't you know maybe more than once actually I have some little piggies in in my family who you know who kind of like it, um, and basically uh, I cook yeah I cook the the beef, I season it um, you know probably like three four hours before so it's almost like self brining in the salt so rub it with lots of coarse salt, and then um, and then yeah and then it's you know chucked on a really hot barbecue so it's charred. I mean, you know, kind of almost on the outside and then it's, you know, rested for a long time so it's nice and pink and because you've got a density of kilo and a bit of meat or even, you know, 1.2, 1.3, you know, you will, through resting it, you know, have a really nice, juicy, moist steak and then, and then yeah, and then cooking, you know, some nice um, homemade treble-cooked chips. So they're then sort of, you know, either steamed or, you know, just slowly simmered for a little bit um, in, in water and then um, chilled in ice cold water, and then I blanch them in hot oil around 165, and then and then finish it around 100, you know, 190, to the nice and crisp and fluffy, and then good old Bernays sauce. I wondered uh, before we talk about your last dish if you could talk me through sort of like a, a top tip that you've taken away, something kind of easy to replicate mm. that just might improve the listeners' cooking. Yeah, I mean, I think with cooking is uh, is all about cooking it, you know, in your own time, your own pace, your own ability, really, and not trying to do something that you feel nervous or stressed about or you're worried about, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, if you have that feeling, then you are definitely going to make a mistake. Um, and you know, what you don't want to do is, you know, cock something up that's, you know, either cooking for friends or, you know, maybe the future wife or whatever, you know, or husband or 
you know, parents-in-law, you know, that's the worst, you know, worst thing that can happen. Um, so I always say to people, you know, cook with an ability, make sure it's something that you've done before. Don't do something, you know, that if you want to impress someone that is, you know, that is new straight out of the box. Um, and yeah, and just obviously remember to enjoy it as well, because really that's what cooking is about and, you know, leave the stressful stuff to the professionals. Um, but also I think, you know, within, within cooking as well, um, you know, it's, it's a process of, of really sort of getting timings right. Um, really look at a recipe and just see if there's anything in the recipe that you feel that you may not be confident enough or you may feel that you may want to have, you know, a little bit of practice at at first and then, yeah, those kind of things really. You spoke about ability there and something triggered in my head is I wondered if there was a moment in your career that you might have sort of felt, hang on a minute, like, I can do this at Mm. a sort of higher level. I do have a bit more natural ability. Uh, Well, I mean, to be honest, I had that when I was 16. I didn't know, you know, because for me, or even 12, actually, I I knew that I wanted to go into Michelin restaurants and I knew that I wanted, you know, to be at the very top. Um, I wasn't aiming to be kind of, you know, second tier or, or anything else, you know, I just wanted to, you know, to get to the top and, and to be successful and and to the point, you know, I even told my teacher at school at 16 that I was going to be famous and you'd see my name in the papers. And 10 years later, I did. So why do you think you, you know, because it's not a, a normal career for a, a young lad of that age to want, with the greatest respect. I, I don't know many people no, say, I want to be a Michelin chef. 86, well, other than even, that was 83, you know, when I knew that that's what I wanted to be. Um, you weren't even born then, were you? <laughs> no. no. Sorry. No. <laughs> uh, so, um, so, yeah, so I just, as I said, I think, um, you know, if you have, you know, a strong belief, and, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate as well that I, that I knew that I wanted to be a chef, you know, because I think a lot of people these days, it's just like, it's the last thing in their head, you know, like after leaving school or university, like what the fuck am I going to do with all my qualifications, you know? And it's it's very hard to to pinpoint that. And you can go through all your whole, you know, first part of your 10 years, you know, as a kid. Well, I call them kids these days, 20 to 30. They're definitely not adults, they're like babies. Um, you know, kind of doing something you may not love, but it may pay well, but you don't like it, you know. And to be in that place must be pretty horrendous, I think. You know, it's... Um, you know, because doing something that you actually love and you get out of bed and it's not like, oh, God, I'm going to the office, going to be at the desk, going to stare at a computer. How boring. Oh, but I'm getting paid 500 grand. That's fine. Um, <laughs> you know, kind of, I don't know. I don't know how satisfying that is. Um, I guess, you know, money does motivate, but I think at the end of the day, having the real satisfaction of something that you purely do love and you're passionate about and, you you know, you're making enjoyment for other people as well is... I don't think you can get any better. But then, because I've found myself thinking that mm. same thing sat there at a desk, which is one of the reasons why I've started to do this. But mm. it's like it's come back to that point, which is why I asked you. It's, a, it's about having that ability. It's about having that drive. And especially yeah. to be a chef of your calibre, it's, it's that pure dedication. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... It certainly is. I mean, it's, um, you know, there, there isn't like, you know, it's not like a magic ingredient that you can, you know, give to someone or it can be passed down or you can suddenly wake up with it and have it. It's it's either there or it isn't, um, you know, and I think that's 
that's the story of you know of people that succeed and people that don't because it's that drive and ability to just push on through you know pain and upset and worry and you know and just crack on with it regardless of you know what is coming down on you you just you know just have that ability of, of strength and also self-belief you know because I think self-belief is a big thing you know in terms of making sure that you succeed um, and you know we all have moments of doubt of course we do you know because otherwise we wouldn't be human um, but it is um, it's just a question of you know I guess you know dealing with it and, and putting it in a, a box and telling it to fuck off <laughs> can you talk to me about your your last dish so yeah, just apple or rhubarb crumble is uh, is an age-old favourite. Um, you know, I definitely had God, I don't know how many how many kilos or tons of crumble I've probably eaten in my in my forty-seven years of time. Um, but I mean, I think you know, it's it's a very simple, traditional you know English dessert and one that can be eaten you know yes, mainly in the winter, but definitely had it you know throughout the year. It's a comfort dish, you know, it's kind of a dish that can be sharing. It's also great, you know, for, for you know, leaving in the fridge for a few days and coming back to it as well. Um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, one of those dishes that I think, you know, a lot of chefs uh, will secretly sort of harbour a taste for. If you had to choose one of these dishes to put on a special, on our special menu board today of, our, of, our, of your podcast, which one of these would you choose as your favourite? Wow. It's almost like an impossible question. <laughs> uh, it would probably be the, the scallop or the beef. Okay, I'll let you have two because yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think you're going to be able to decide. Mm. I, just to wrap up, really, I, I wondered um, if there's something, or one of the many ideas in your head that are ticking away at this very moment that you think, do you know what, that's the one thing so far in my career that I haven't yet done that I'd really like to now do. Oh, my God. I mean, if I, um, as I said to you earlier, if I hadn't been a chef, I would probably have been, you know, sports, into sports, athlete or something, because, you know, I, I've, I, you know, I, I work out like a mofo and, and run and whatever else. Um, so I think definitely it would be something in, in sport, um, maybe even a jockey, because I've, I've done quite a bit of horse riding as well, um, and obviously love going really stupidly fast on the horse. <laughs> um, but I think, um, I mean, if, God, it's difficult. Um, I think, um, yeah, for the next 10 years anyway, I think if there are some things that I would, you know, either like to achieve or, you know, or to get there, I guess, is, you know, I have a twin brother who's a, who's a chef as well uh, in America and to do, you know, I think to do something with him would, you know, would be the, you know, the sort of icing on the top, really, in America, yeah. That would, that would be quite... I, I'd look forward to that, definitely. Listen, um, you don't get these opportunities rarely, or I, I certainly don't mm. get the opportunities rarely to, to meet somebody who I really massively respect. Uh, your career is a really fascinating one, and mm. especially to, like, say, to read that story about yourself going to these incredible restaurants uh, I just uh, can say thank you so much for your time today I've really really enjoyed meeting you it's been fantastic great thank, thank you, you so much pleasure thank you so much to our sponsors suvitools.com make sure to check out their website as their range includes not just sous vide but vacuum sealers smoking guns food dehydrators 
barbecues and much, much more. And don't forget, there's a special discount code, THEPASS, which is all one word, all in capitals, and that will allow you for special discount to all the past podcast listeners. Thank you very much for listening, and please check out our exclusive series, our exclusive episodes that are going to be going up soon at suvtools.com. And while you're there, have a little browse.